Hey, what's going on? It's Wednesday, May 4th, and you're listening to episode 55 of the Chasing Points podcast. It's your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. What's going on, everyone? My name is Sam. And I'm the guy that Sam just had a sourpuss face towards. Um, but I'm Brandon, for those that don't know. How, how's everybody? How you doing, Sam? Brandon was making fun of me before the podcast started. It's not. That's a lie. That's it. You're that's... talking about him. <laughs> He's it's lying true. to you. That's true. <laughs> how you doing, Sam? Good, bud. How are you? I'm, I'm great after what we watched and what we're going to dive into. So uh, I don't think we need to take too much longer to get into that. No, definitely not. A busy, uh, busy week as the NFL draft concluded on Saturday afternoon and uh, thanks everyone who listened to our last episode with Dave Sepperson of Sports Illustrated. We have a blast as we always do talking football with him and uh, of course we're going to look ahead at the NBA playoffs as well but first let's break down the draft because both of our teams we both had uh, we both had grins on our face after day one day two and day three because just personally, I think the Jets and the Eagles both crushed it. Uh, we'll get into it with some winners and losers. Hayes, first, uh, first off, just before we get into that, your uh, overall just take on on the 2022 NFL draft. Well, because of how the Eagles finally drafted, I'm great. Uh, but it was nice to see it. I mean, again, as I mentioned on the last, po- last podcast, I was out in Vegas, so I got to walk past it. So to see what it finally looked like. Uh, when all the cameras are there and all the people were uh, filed in, it was really, really cool to see uh, that happen in Vegas and see the performances and stuff going on around there. I know people spent a pretty penny because I know the week before it was <laughs> pretty penny, but Vegas is always uh, not cheap, needless to say, uh, especially if you're staying on the strip. But um, I'm really happy the way that it all came out. Uh, and I like a lot of the uh, picks. There's a lot of young defensive players that went uh, a lot of young wide receivers that went and a few quarterbacks sprinkling here and there. But of course there's always the guys in the trenches are always like the biggest deals in these drafts uh, for sure. Uh, Let me ask you a question, but he posed a question to me. He said he had a few positions that you never draft. And most of them I agree with. Uh, one of them in the first round, one of them was a running back. And the other was wide receiver. My question to you is because I don't agree with running back or wide receiver. It all depends on who the talent is that's there in the first round. Uh, but for the running back park, I kind of didn't agree. I mean, I didn't disagree fully because Running backs as of late outside of like Najee Harris and a couple other running backs have have done their thing uh, and produced right away. So do you agree with that statement? Um, I think you can. Yeah, I think uh, I know like Mel Kuyper Jr. has made it famous over the years. Like you don't draft a running back in the first round. That's kind of been his stance for as long as I've been following the draft. But, you know, there there comes to be some special talents and it happens. But it's with every position you're going to find a gem in round five, you're going to find a, you know, a stud in the first round. You're going to have a first round bust. You're going to have undrafted free agents like Arian Foster. You know, it's um, so I, I think it, it depends. I, we both agree that Saquon was, is, was a special talent coming out in the 18 draft. 
I wouldn't have taken them to if I was the Giants in that position, rebuilding, you know, Eli's there. You had a strong quarterback class, what we thought in hindsight, it's really just Josh Allen and Lamar. Um, but I, I wouldn't have taken Saquon there. Um, but the, the wide receiver thing, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, you, you look at uh, these studs that come out years later in the second, third, fourth, fifth round, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, you get the Jordy Nelsons, you got Antonio Brown, stuff like that. Just great receivers coming out, you know, on day two and three of the draft. And not, you know, for every one of them, there's a, you know, a Julio Jones, but for every Julio Jones, there's a Sammy Watkins. So, you know, I, I'd, I'd much rather draft a wide out in the first round um, than, a running, than a running back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That said, um, you know, I guess I'm not going to argue a late end running back or if someone, you know, if a team like the, the Cowboys taking Zeke, you could argue they should have taken Jalen Ramsey at that draft, that they were really close to to being a contender and getting ready there you add a piece like zeke your offense is good you're ready to go i mean it's like the finishing touch it's a cherry on top that's why i kind of disagreed with the whole saquon thing because the giants were so far they were picking second they're so far removed from you know being uh being viable yeah Mm -hmm. so now we're at what year four or five of saquon's career and the giants are still in the same spot they're running in place you know, well, I mean, I know you're using that as an example, but yeah, they also had a, a terrible front office, too, on top of that. Oh, so, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, you look at like uh, Josh Jacobs drafted in 2019 or 18 by uh, Mike Mayock. He just got his option declined. Yeah. You know, first round running back. You know, we all thought he was going to be a stud coming out of Alabama. So, you know, it, it's there's no exact science to it. I think that's what makes the draft uh, so great. It's so unpredictable yeah agreed agreed so being that we talked about unpredictable there was a lot of unpredictable things that happened in this draft so let's dive into the draft sam where you want to start man well uh you know everyone wants to start and and we talked about it last week with the quarterbacks i wasn't really that surprised with this quarterback class um there was certainly a lot of value i didn't think malik was going to drop all the way to the third round i didn't either um and that's, I think, a great value for Tennessee. Uh, he doesn't need to start. You have Tannehill ready to go. Um, and not that he, he needs to mentor the kid, but, you know, hopefully if this kid is, you know, can develop, he needs a lot of developing. And uh, if he can, then maybe they got something there. Um, well, he said okay. real quick, he said he is going to mentor him. So oh, he did. actually already okay. came out yet. Too. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to see a, a veteran say that and not necessarily give the cold shoulder to the kid. Um, but yeah. Um, so, so I guess none of the quarterbacks really surprised me. I thought there was, um, I thought it was more of the unpredictable drafts we've ever had. Uh, it was probably the, I've been watching the, uh, been watching the draft since 97, the Peyton Ryan leaf draft. That was the first one I ever got into when I was a kid. And um, I don't remember a draft being so crazy like unpredictable and just after pick 10, the trades just happening. And it was a wild first couple rounds. I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, we were texting all night, just kind of like, wait, what happened? And there was a lot of those moments. So I'd say, you know, the unpredictability was, um, 
was something we expected, but was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, you, you expected the unpredictability, but we didn't expect where certain people went. And once the wide receiver started going off the board, it was like a run. It, yeah. it was one after another, after another. And I still feel that the Eagles traded up to try to get Jamison Williams, but they got somebody that's currently better. So we, let's, let's dive into who your winners are, Sam. Um, and I'll share mine as well. Well, your, your Eagles are definitely a winner of mine, but I will let you, uh, you certainly so. bask in that glory. You earned it. Uh, we were about ready to kill Howie on Thursday, middle of the night. And then, uh, <laughs> cause they trade up to, uh, get Jamison. He trades up too early and he's gone to the lions and the lions, you know, a loser here is the Vikings for trading with all of their division rivals yeah. and just giving picks away and giving, yeah. giving the lions, uh, Jamison Williams. So like that, that's just odd. Um, but ready for the Eagles to take Jamison, uh, lions grab them. And then they grab someone that the Ravens really wanted and Jordan, Jordan Davis, Davis, a big mm-hmm. nose tackle. Um, but yeah, and obviously AJ Brown. So great trade, uh, great maneuvering by, uh, by you guys there and Nakobe Dean, of course, but uh, you know, I, I'll start with just get it out of the way. I think the Jets crushed it. When you have two first round picks, you're supposed to crush it. Um, but I they let the board play where they uh where it was, let it lie and and uh just maneuvered around, I think pretty well. And uh they had a plan going into it and uh taking sauce at um four overall. I didn't necessarily agree with Derek Stingley going three, but um, and Trayvon Walker going one was confusing to me. I, I would have taken eight in there, but um, that said, so getting sauce at four and then Robert Sala went on to say after the draft that if the, the Falcons actually took Garrett Wilson at eight, that they were going to take Jermaine Johnson at 10 and the Falcons end up taking Drake London and the Jets had a higher grade on Garrett Wilson. So they take Garrett Wilson and then come sliding down the draft is JJ there. And, um, you know, the, the Douglas maneuvered his way back into the first round. Thank you to Sam Darnold for giving us that extra second round pick. And uh, we're able to get Jermaine Johnson, a guy who was really highly valued by the Jets. And then to grab someone like Brees Hall in the second round, the best running back in this draft, they just traded up one spot ahead of the Texans to get him, uh, just to pair him with Michael Carter. And uh, there's no excuses for Zach Wilson now. He's got a a redefined line, great skill position players, a solid backfield, and the defense is getting better. There's no excuses for this kid the next couple of years. He needs to perform. And if that said, um, I think Joe Douglas really killed it. Uh, Another team I loved, what they did was the Ravens and Eric DaCosta. And, you know, coming from that Ozzie Newsome, just tree and they always they're not always the sexiest picks but they win the draft they get value they get um players that fit their scheme and after jordan davis went they grab a guy like kyle hamilton who ran a slower 40 and he drops a little bit and we both agree that notre dame safety one of the most exciting players in this draft and to be able to get him at i think 15 that's ridiculous um and then to uh you know I don't quite understand the Hollywood Brown trade. I get that he didn't want to be there and he didn't want to be in the offense, 
but I think they got really good value for him. And to get someone like Tyler Lindenbaum, who is, uh, you know, the best rated center in this class, um, you know, to get him in the late, late first round, that's great. And to get someone like to be in a position where the Ravens were at, to get someone like David Ojobi, who suffered that Achilles tear during his pro day, this guy would have went top 10, top 15 if he was healthy. He, they could put him on the shelf for a year, red shirt him, and he's going to, he's just, you know, hopefully can just be a dynamic uh, pass rusher as you saw at Michigan. So uh, those, you know, off the bat, those were some of my winners. What do you think, man? Um, so I have a few. Uh, the Ravens, for sure. Uh, to get to your comment about Hollywood, uh, what the rumor is, is that he was already, he was actually at the Cardinals draft room their war room when it was going on uh he's now back with his college teammate uh but what it has been circling around and from me reading and seeing certain things is a lot of wide receivers if you haven't noticed haven't gone to play with lamar jackson it's not lamar jackson but that is a very run heavy team so as a wide receiver going to a run heavy team you're not going to get your numbers. You're not going to get the productivity that you need to have uh, to get those certain incentives. So uh, they are going to have to change something there. Uh, but I mean, the Ravens draft well all the time. And this was the first draft without Ozzy, correct? No, a couple uh, drafts. Second. Or, okay. Yeah. Second or third. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he, I still call this an Ozzy <laughs> draft because I mean, he chose the next, his successor, and it still has been business as usual. The Ravens just know how to draft, period. Um, another winner is the team that picked second, which would be the Detroit Lions. Um, I actually really like what they did. Um, and I think they're building for the future. Uh, and <laughs> don't be surprised if eventually they get a, you know, a solid quarterback or next year where the quarterbacks in the draft are better than this year's. Uh, don't be surprised if they, they go out and they do that, but getting Jameson Williams, getting Aiden Hutchinson, um, they're building and they also continue to build on that defense, which as you and I both know, they are going to continue to need um, especially in their division, but they're progressing and trending in the right direction. Like we, they basically became a sweetheart of the NFL last season. And that when teams wanted them to at least get the win, I remember I was actually out on the date when that happened, uh, which was pretty, pretty hilarious. Um, but, but I, I do give kudos to them um, in their draft. Uh, another team that I give kudos to was the Kansas city chiefs. Um, I was, everybody was talking about obviously Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill um, being gone. But what they have done is they went and are building up their defense again, which is huge, especially in the division in that, division that sure, they man. play in. Uh, and they got, they got two, three corners in this draft and, and two safeties uh, and an edge rusher. Uh, so, they know that they're going to have to get to the quarterback and they know that they're going to have to have coverage behind uh, that blitz. So I thought that was huge for them to do. Um, they went and got Sky Moore um, from Western Michigan, Michigan. So I think that's a pretty solid pick, but we'll see. I mean, great quarterbacks make uh, average or above average wide receivers. Great. Right. Um, and being that they got it in the second, uh, the second round, it's kind of the, uh, too. Yeah. 
fell to them too. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, they they have they've kind of almost taken the Packers formula, which when Sam was talking about earlier with the Jordy Nelsons, he missed Devontae Adams, but the Packers continuously, continuously Always. draft in the second round and get all pros and superstars. So everybody's been talking about them and what they didn't do, which I I kind of have them as a loser, but I didn't put them on my list. Um I, I, kudos to them for sure. Um, your Jets, I, I obviously told you, I've spoken to you about it. I immediately said it and <laughs> speaking to some other Jets fan, uh, fans and, oh, well, I don't think the Jets are going to really do anything. I was like, okay, you guys have several picks in the first round. You're going to get good players, but we now obviously have to see if they they uh, pan out. But I think you guys had a phenomenal draft. I mean, it's led by my man, Joe. Uh, so I respect everything that he does. So it just makes me feel good to see him because I know the type of moves that he made and the personnel that he brought in when he was with uh, the Eagles. And uh, did I mention the Seahawks? You didn't. Because the Seahawks are are definitely up there. They're building for next year. They made it very, very clear with this draft by not drafting a quarterback is that we're going to wait till next year to either get a veteran quarterback or get somebody in the draft but the pieces that they're building up uh and getting kenneth walker from kenneth walker the third from michigan state getting offensive tackle getting a tackle getting a tight end wide receiver right there they're building they're trying to build up and i honestly think this is like the best seahawks draft in quite some time yeah they it it didn't get a lot of praise from like the media and stuff but John Schneider has weird, they have a weird board, man. Even we were talking about this last week with Dave. And um, yeah, you know, Charles Cross, great, great offensive tackle there from Miss, uh, Mississippi State. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I like the Walker pick too. But um, yeah, better draft than they've had in recent years, for sure. I've, if I'm Russell and I see that draft, I'm probably sitting there like, I know that I moved on. But it's like seeing that ex-girlfriend go and get like date the guy that you really hate type thing. Right. It's like watching this team finally draft and start doing pieces and try to build when they could have done that, you know, a few years ago and and be aggressive. They didn't. But uh, the team, yeah, that what do you was, think Sam Darnold thinks of the Jets now? You know, it's like, <laughs> where was this for me? Uh, he, well, yeah, well, he also had a different GM there, too. Yeah. Um, we won't go into that. And a different coach, too. Um, but, of course, I got to talk about my boys. Sam started talking about him. He said he was going to leave it to me and then started naming off my guys. I was giving uh, you props, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan Davis did not see that coming. But being that he was rated one of, if not the best, defensive player in the draft. Technically, the Eagles got two of the best defensive players in the draft, but I'll get to the second one in a second. Uh, having a guy that basically can be uh, Fletcher Cox's successor, he's going to be playing alongside with him, but he eats up. At least he's going to eat at least two defenders. The only problem with him is his conditioning, um, and I hope because if you watch the national title game, he gave up on some plays. Um, he's showing that he's fatigued, but he's a big guy, 341 pounds, like – I'm sure he's going to get into NFL conditioning and I'm sure he's going to be an absolute beast. I'm thinking he reminds me of uh, what's his name that used to play for the Patriots that does barbecue now and is bald and, and everybody loves him. I don't know why I can't think of his name, but he used to eat up the middle all the time. And Swilfork. Yep. 
That's who he reminds me of. But he's he's quicker, but he will eat up that middle, and you're going to have a hard time running the ball uh, up the middle, which is great, um, especially now that they have some more edge rushers, uh, which they got Kyron Johnson from Kansas. I watched some of his film and the stuff that he does to offensive linemen with his bull rush. It's wild. Uh, at the second round, the Eagles pick Cam Jurgens. Now, a lot of people, including myself, was saying, what the hell are you doing with right. Kobe Dean sitting there, right? Uh, but after watching some footage and finding out, this was Jason Kelsey's pick. And because he knows he's not going to be there much longer, and he's been working with the Eagles to find his successor, and that's why he's so loved in Philly is because he does things like this all the time not necessarily look for his future, but he always does things for the teams, takes pay cut, does a one-year deal, takes a bare minimum, but he's, he's a Philly guy through and through. Um, but to get his replacement, a guy that used to be a tight end, so you're getting another athletic center like he was uh, and is, uh, is, is amazing to have that, so we'll see how he pans out. But my last two here. And I saved it for last for a reason. I just mentioned Nicobe Dean sitting there at Cam Jurgens' pick. And the fact that he fell to the Eagles in the third round with the 83rd pick. I'm honestly not saying this because it's my team. And most people normally say, well, that's what you normally say because it's your, you know, to follow that. He is literally the steal of the draft at this point. If, if he's healthy, if 100%. He's healthy. Yes. 100%. So he is the steal of the draft because he was the general of that team and considered to be and would have probably went in the top five, Sam, top 10, if he was healthy. Do you agree with that? I think not necessarily if he was healthy. I think if he was taller, I think there's some problem, you know, scouts look at him like he's a little too short and could be like a liability and coverage and stuff. But like, I agree. I, lo- I love the guy's makeup he's definitely the heart and soul of that georgia for sure defense who had five first round picks you know um but you know hopefully the medicals check out because he's a hell of a he was was a hell of a player and um but yeah i think you guys got a steal and i thought you know i was pretty disappointed for you i thought he was going in that second round um but to be able to get him a you know three that's great i'm I'm still amazed by that, but that that was like the sprinkles on the cupcake with the frosting because that was ah, <laughs> uh, you know who that was, Sam. You want to tell the people who that was? Well, you traded your I think it was like 18 overall, 19 overall, mm-hmm. uh, for yeah. a wide receiver that came out a couple of years ago from Ole Miss, AJ Brown. Uh, Jalen Hurts, one of his best friends. Uh, Jalen was literally telling Howie, I don't care what you have to do, go get him. And they went and got him uh, because Tennessee wouldn't pay him the contract. It, and it's got to hurt Tennessee. Uh, it would hurt me to see my homegrown guy uh, that we had as a superstar just leave. But if you want your guys to stay, pay them. Right. And if you don't, then you got to let him go. They ended up drafting basically what people are saying is his replacement. Uh, the guy that has kind of been uh, scouted as him. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do. 
but you guys were the number one seed, if I remember correct, last season, and you let one of the key pieces just walk. So I don't, me as a GM, Sam, I wouldn't have let him walk. I would have gave him money, but he wanted to stay if they would have paid him. And yeah, I would have paid didn't. him too. Yep. But so <clears throat> I'm happy they didn't <laughs> because the Eagles got him in the trade and then turned around and paid him like five minutes later and gave him a four-year deal for $100 million. So thank you. And thank you, Tennessee. <laughs> Let's go to our losers, Sam, because Tennessee is one of mine. <laughs> there you go. I, I can't, uh, I can't argue with you there. Um, yeah. Losers. I have a, I have a couple here. I, I think one of them is the saints. I agree. Um, I didn't understand. And we talked about it at the time. I didn't understand that trade with the Eagles to get that extra first round picks uh, pick. There was a lot of rumors like that. They wanted uh, Trevor Pennings who they ended up drafting and a wide receiver. Um, from there, they end up trading up for uh, Chris Olave at, at 11. So they trade up even more. So then I, I'm going through Twitter and I see this from Warren Sharp, who's a great follow for football at Sharp Football. And he basically outlined, this is what the Saints gave up to get Chris Olave, Trevor Pennings, and their sixth round pick. Basically, based on all the trades that they made over the last couple of years, AJ Brown, your boy, Jahan Dotson, Brian Robinson, Jr. Sam Howell, Cole Turter, Kyron Johnson, next year's first round pick and next year's second, uh, two years, second round pick. That's everything that they gave up for Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. Olave, great receiver, but that's just, that's malpractice, man. That's, I didn't quite understand what the saints were doing. I, you know, they're kind of like the team that thinks that they're like still in it. And if Jameis has like a good year, they could be the NFC is wide open that, you know, the South aside from the bucks there is, is open, but uh, I didn't understand that. Um, I I mean, they're, they are in it uh, because of their defense alone. Um, The big question mark is, Jamison, um, Jameis, little Jameis Winston. Uh, he's the huge question mark, and we'll see what happens. I mean, I think people aren't talking about it enough either. I know Michael Thomas is coming back, but what is he going to be like? He literally yeah. missed all of last year due to an injury, right? So is he going to be the same wide receiver? And do we get the same production out of him that Drew Brees got out of him, right? So there's there's a big difference there because when it was him and Drew, that was one of the best uh, combos in the league. But Drew's not there; Jameis is. So I guess I guess we'll we'll see what happens with that. And Kamara go, could be suspended. Tr- but yes, yeah, true for yeah. his off season situation, which kind of got brushed under the rug. Right there during his off season, I think you and I have talked about that several times. It's not really been talked about but i'm sure it will as as we continue to move forward um i'm gonna go with one of my losers um the cowboys (laughs) um and i'm saying this because of what their offseason has been already um losing randy gregory um losing or trading or they traded no they lost amari cooper um which makes their offense really tick um I just don't know what type of moves that the Cowboys are making. I mean, I'm not mad as an Eagles fan, but 
just looking at their draft and grading their draft, um, they, they went tight end, wide receivers, some corners, tackles. Uh, I'm not really sure what they're trying to, to add around, right? Because their, their game was, uh, their game was running, but it wasn't really Zeke, right? And now they're, are they going to commit to the run? Are they going to commit to passing? What is their game plan going to be going forward? I don't really know. Um, and looking at their draft board that they kind of revealed, I'm still kind of confused of what they were trying to do. Um, so yeah, they, they, they have to be one of my losers for sure. Yeah. A lot, you know, a lot of people think that there wasn't a lot of value, um, for what the, the Cowboys ended up taking home. Um, I'm speaking of which I'm going to just throw it out there. Another team that just does not draft well. And I get zagging when everyone's zigging, but, um, the Patriots, Mm. took a guard out of Chattanooga who (laughs) the Rams were trying to scout with their fourth round pick. So if that just tells you, you know, there, and then drafting uh, Taekwon uh, uh, Thornton, Thornton, that, that wide receiver who a lot of people think they, you know, speedy guy, but they took way too early. Um, Just another weird draft for Bill Belichick. And I think it, you know, it's come back to haunt them in recent years. They have not drafted well. There's not a lot of great depth on this team. And, you know, you need you need these draft picks to pan out. Trust me, as a Jets fan, I've lived this for the last 10 years. You might, you know, the first round pick might fall in your lap like a Leonard Williams or, you know, Quinnen Williams. But if you if you don't draft well in rounds three, four, five, six, that you're in trouble, man. Um And I just didn't really like what they did. Um, I mentioned the Vikings already. And I'm going to say another loser is Baker Mayfield. Uh, Well, and the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers draft a, uh, you know, uh, Icky, Iquanu, and uh, their sixth overall pick, monster left tackle. That's great from NC State. Great. They need it. They got to protect quarterback, make the running game easier for CMC. They got to, you know, they got to do what they have to do. But not to have a second or third round pick because of the Darnold trade and the CJ Henderson trade. And then they draft Matt Carell. It's like, what? Like, you already have Darnold in his last year. You have, a by all accounts, there could be six or seven quarterbacks that go next year in the first round. You're not going to be any good. I get Matt Rule coaching for his job and that front office, you know, doing what they got to do. Um, but I didn't understand the Panthers draft. And uh, and to get, um, you know, and another loser, just Baker. There's nowhere for him to go. They're going to – the Browns are going to end up cutting him. He's going to sign as a backup somewhere, hopefully for his sake, somewhere that will teach him to be a leader and an adult and a, <laughs> a mature human being. And, uh, you know, nice, take nice it from there. Thinking. Yeah. What about uh, you, man? Last, last couple losers. I mean, you you pretty much said all the ones that I was going to say. Um, Patriots, Panthers. Um, I, I obviously started off with the Titans, uh, just not paying their guy. Uh, but yeah, that I'm in complete agreement with you on on your picks as well. There's the Patriots are is it's hard to it's hard to go against why Tom left. It's like you didn't get me anybody to to go around me. Like, what are you? What do you, you're literally wasting my talent. I, and I mean, that's where I also kind of put the Packers in it too. Like, I don't, yeah. 
hundred percent. Because you, yes, you, your formula is to, to get a wide receiver in the second round, right? That's been their formula forever. I get it. Right. And, and in the second round, that's exactly who they got. Christian Watson from North Dakota state, right? Uh, they got a wide receiver in the second round as they traditionally do. Is Aaron Rodgers going to make him good? Yes. But who's to say that this young man is going to write off rip be anything. Right. Um, and when Aaron Rodgers' contract basically being from year to year to year, you're wasting this guy and he's the moodiest player in the NFL. So he could be next year. Like, I don't, I think I'm retiring and I'm done. Right. You also still have a quarterback that you drafted in Jordan love that is sitting there. And we don't know if this young man is progressing at all because Aaron is still just there. Right. So I don't know if they should just trade him. I don't know if they're keeping him as a potential, like a backup plan because nobody knows what Aaron's going to do because the wind changes. He goes and does what he wants to do. Um, But I think the Packers are a loser. I mean, you get rid of Devontae Adams, um, which still probably one of the most puzzling things that happened this off season. Um, But I, 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 they they have their path, but I'm gonna tell you right now. I mean, their defense was already good. Their defense got even better. Is <laughs> that yeah. that is one thing I can say about them? Their defense was already great. It got even better. Um, but on the offensive side, I have no clue what they're doing. Um, so I guess we're gonna see what happens with that. Yeah, I mean, it, with the Packers, it came to bite them last year because they they trade up and they get um, Jordan Love. And they kind of misread the wide out like run, right? You know, mm-hmm. it's like CeeDee Lamb went, Justin Jefferson went. Jalen Rager, we both thought, you know, be a good good addition, you know, to the NFL. And Brandon Ayuk was was there after the Jordan Love pick. But mm-hmm. then they like mistimed the whole uh T. Higgins, Michael Pittman. I'm just looking at some wide outs that went after there. And then they end up getting stuck with AJ Dillon. Because all these guys, all these receivers, Chase Claypool, they're all off the board. So it's like, so now this year, they're like, all right, Aaron, we got you. We're great at second round wide receivers. And they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to, tr- to trade up all the way and get Watkins, who a lot of, you know, a lot of people are talking to Dave about this, like really talented, but just raw, needs some polish. And Aaron's not in a position like Tom Brady, not in a position to like groom these guys. No, like not at all. This team goes 13 and three, 13 and four every year. They need to win. He needs to win. He needs receivers that will catch the ball and will play. And I just don't think, I think, you know, they could have done a better job at supporting their offense for sure. Especially when they only score like 10 run, uh, 10, 10 points against the Niners in the playoffs. Does Aaron win a ring in this three-year contract? My answer is no. No. Okay. You know, I could see them going to a Super Bowl just because the NFC um, isn't what it used to be, just from a talent, you know, star quarterback, Mm -hmm. big big teams. It's all kind of in the AFC right now. Um, But in the sense that, like, the Bucs got knocked out early or something weird with the Rams, like, I just don't see – I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't, but I, never, I, I mean, this league surprises us every day. So never say never. I mean, this league is apparently working <clears> every day. Uh, I I don't, it's crazy how, how seeing like, how is it adult football 
he's pretty much 365. When we were younger, it was just like, damn, I have to wait this long to get some football again. And like now with the these other leagues popping up, like it's like you're gonna have no break from football. Like football is America's favorite pastime. It's no longer baseball. Yeah, dude, think about it. I mean, the NFL draft, and we've been fans forever, but the NFL drafts a game show. Mm-hmm. It's an mm-hmm. it's not even sp- like live sports. It's just like a sports game show. Like what's yeah. gonna happen next? And between ABC, NFL Network, and ESPN, like the ratings, like it wasn't as high as last year because of the quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. you know, they still got like 10, 12 million people watching day one. Like that's nuts. Yeah. Like uh, we're uh, like someone said, uh, I, I, I don't, I think it was Michael K listening to him on the radio the other day. Michael K said like world series games don't even get that. Nope. I mean, and, again, and the, this the is world a game series- show. Yeah. Same. I can honestly tell you, I remember when I was younger, I used to watch the World Series, even if the Yankees weren't in it. I can honestly tell you that yeah. I haven't really fully sat down and been fully invested in any World Series since the Yankees last were in last in, in the World Series. I I I watch, but I'm just like, eh, like it doesn't really do it for me. Yes, is my horse out of the race? Yes, that adds to it. But I used to sit there and watch it. It's baseball, as we've talked about on here numerous times, has lost its luster. Like I you the Super Bowl is out of every sport everybody watches the super bowl regardless if you're watching to actually watch and care because your team's there or you're watching just because of football or you're just watching because you're at a friend's house or you're in a pool in the office everybody pretty much watches football unless you boycott football and don't care about football at all right that doesn't go that's not the same for for baseball at all um basketball yeah, you you may, but I mean, you have to really be a basketball fan, right? So that's the second closest. Uh, hockey, you have to really like hockey, and I don't. Um, but I mean, I I do like a team that's in there uh, this year, but we'll get to that later. Um, but speaking of basketball and and how wild things have been, uh, this the conference semifinals have been great so far. <laughs> Absolutely great so far. Um, so I'll run down the matchups real quick. I'm going to, it's, it's in all the games, they've already had a game one run down what, uh, what the leads are. And then I'm going to ask Sam who he's got in this, uh, and where he sees these teams going into next round. So your picks are going to bring you to that next round and see what that matchup is. So we'll start with the Eastern conference. First, uh, you have the bucks Celtics, and then you have the Sixers heat. For the Western Conference, you have the Warriors, Grizz, and then you have the Mavs, Suns. Sam, who do you have winning the Bucks Celtics series? Man, this game was like game one was a lot of fun to watch. Um, yeah, until Giannis took over. <laughs> well, yeah, it just kind of shows like you know you can't play Jason Tatum can't play Giannis the way he was playing KD. They're no. both seven foot or whatever, but. One is just, you know, one is carved out of side of a mountain. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say a man among boys, but, you know, just from a stature and and force and power. Um, I think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the bucks here. I know game one's not necessarily of any, any series and any sport. I kind of feel like game one doesn't necessarily give too much away. Like just because you won game one doesn't mean you're going to, win the series yeah it does can set a tone and stuff but like i just i just like what the bucks look like and 
and Giannis like still put up like 20 something points and you know 10 something rebounds but he didn't even go into like super Giannis you know like they didn't need him to and you know Middleton uh, is still on the bench yeah yeah Middleton yeah that's right man Middleton's not even playing and it was just kind of like the Celtics just couldn't shoot they were shooting like I saw something like they they only took like X amount of free uh, field goals, like 10 or something or like a really low number. And like they were missing from three left and right. Like now Marcus Smart's not playing in tonight's game either. I just saw him mm-hmm. pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, that's that's something that's huge. But I that's wouldn't think a player. With, that's a defensive yeah, player of the year. Defensive player of the year. But, you know, like I just think Giannis is, you know, we've been saying this a lot, like, Kevin Durant's the best player in basketball and, and yeah. whatever. And he might be. He's not like, anymore. It's, but Giannis, it's, Giannis, it's, yeah. it's go time. <laughs> it's go time. And, like, they're the defending champs. And, like, you wouldn't even think – like, I totally forgot that. I totally forgot that they won the the, um, the NBA Finals last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I didn't because well, I – No, I, I mean, yeah. 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 I'm driving in the car and I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about, like, what I'm going to say about this. And I'm like – yeah, they forgot they won last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of people are probably in that boat or don't respect it. So, you know, I'm going to say that's it. They don't respect it. Yeah, they don't respect it. Um, but I agree with you. I, I'm I'm going to say the Bucks now. I, if you this is your first time listening to this podcast or you're a frequent listener, you know, for those that don't know, I, I'm a diehard Nets fan. For those that listen, you already know this. Um, the Celtics. We're the better team in that series, which is why they were the higher seed when they played the Nets. And they are a better team schematically because they actually game plan. It's not KD, you shoot, Kyrie, you shoot. It's not Jason Tatum, you come down and you shoot this one. Jalen Brown, you come down and you shoot this one. They actually run plays. So, and they actually play defense. And they also have a pretty decent bench. But the difference is you're going against the defending champs and you're going against, I would have said KD before this last series, but Giannis, I think, has taken the crown as the best player in the league because you can't stop him. And when he got his jump shot, it made it oh, even yeah. harder for people. Game to stop over, him. yeah. yeah. Once totally. he starts driving down that lane, nobody can stop him. Literally, you would have to put Shaq there. And that'd be the only person that could probably stop him driving in the lane. And last I checked, Shaq has been retired retired for quite some time. So nobody is going to stop him. I think the only player that can potentially probably stifle him would be Joel Embiid. That's the only player that I can even remotely think of that would really heed his, his momentum. And I, even then I don't think that would happen. Uh, but I have the, uh, I have the Bucks winning as well, but I think this is going to go six games. Oh yeah, I I think you know, and I kind of hope as just a basketball fan, like mm-hmm. we get more of this because uh, you know I, I don't think the Celtics are done. Um, they're great at making adjustments, as you just mentioned. They're a great defensive team, um, and they're a great offensive team too. I mean, Tatum's definitely, especially this last series. We talked about it last week. You know, he he leveled up too, you know. Um and he's in that conversation top 10, 15 talents in this league for sure. Uh you you mentioned Embiid. Um you know the uh number one ranked Heat 
and this the fourth ranked 76ers. Um, game two is today when you're listening to it Wednesday. Miami leads one nothing. Um, you know what are you, what are your thoughts on on this series? Where what where, what happened so far and where it's going? Miami's winning in five games. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't care what anybody says. Even if Joel comes back, uh, who is currently out with a broken orbital. Um, I can't even imagine what that's like. Yeah. Uh, painful. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it showed again, it showed la- last night's game showed what, or when you guys hear this two days ago, um, how James Harden has lost the step. Yep. Um, and people are talking like this is he needs my D'Antoni. It's it's uh, Doc Rivers system and blah, blah, blah. OK, so he was with Steve Nash last year and he had D'Antoni on the bench. Right. So that's what people keep going back to. So that may be something. But you're a professional basketball player and you're playing without the best player on your team with the opportunity to potentially get you guys to the next conference and or the finals. And you're telling me that he's not playing well because he doesn't have Mike D'Antoni as his coach. Uh, you clearly don't know basketball if that's your stupid ass logic. Uh, so let's just keep it right there with that. Uh, number two in this situation, uh, the Heat actually play really, really good defense. Um, so the Raptors, yes, although the Raptors are longer players and they do play good defense, but they're not the Heat. The Heat are known as playing this smothering defense and they don't even have Kyle Lowry on the court. (laughs) That's another person that's not playing right now. And they're still doing what they have to do. If now Tyler hero is not going to have the type of game that he just had last night and shoot the lights out. But when he gets hot, he gets hot and it's hard to stop him. Um, I know Maxi Maxi really right now on the court is the best player for the Sixers. Uh, And Tobias Harris is actually kind of showing up a little bit. He's, he's underwhelming. um, And it's unfortunate because he's a guy from New York and I love my New York basketball players, but he got overpaid in that last contract. And I really think he kind of needs to, I think he needs to actually leave the team. I think he needs to go to a different destination because he could be a key piece and get back to the Tobias Harris that was with the Clippers back yonder. Uh, But yes, Sam, I don't see this getting, past five games at all i I text i I just looked back out a couple weeks i texted you jimmy butler is a killer he is and i just keep thinking of his 76ers team yeah like if they just kept jimmy butler Mm -hmm. and you know ben simmons aside just if everything in that reality that timeline like played out that's and you know you didn't pay tobias harris max money what you could do um, because you know, Sixers would have won one by now. I'm I, yeah, right now. I, they I definitely won. think you know. Mm-hmm. I definitely think they'd be in the uh, the conversation there for sure. Um, for yeah, sure. I I think uh, you know, Embiid is just such a difference maker. You could say he's the MVP of the league. Um, he's you know, I used to think he was a guy like didn't really take basketball seriously, mm-hmm. and but he's like definitely put in, and that was a narrative for him for a long time, but. He's definitely put in the work and, you know, this is undoubtedly his team, even though last year it was with the Simmons on the court, um, but it is no doubt his team. For sure. And, um, and it's funny you say Max is the best player on the team when you have someone like James Harden, yep. a future hall of famer. And at 
one time the most prolific scorer in the league. Um, but yeah, I just, I, you know, I feel bad for Embiid, um, but I, I just don't see this 76ers coming back um, from this. And the way you got, I can't even imagine if your eye like socket is broken, like how, and you're a big man and you're like, I just can't, I can't figure out how that's going to work. I hope, I hope he comes back and I hope he plays well. I'm sure he's going to be in a lot of pain, but I just, I don't know, man. Just imagine being a UFC fighter and having your orbital broken in the middle of a fight and somebody continuously punches you in that same spot. Yeah, so I'd say he got it easy <laughs> compared to yeah. them. Uh, but uh, uh, you know who I doesn't have it easy? But <laughs> this is going to be a very, very interesting series. It's the Warriors-Grizz. And the Warriors won with a questionable ejection of Draymond Green early in the game. I don't think he should have got ejected, but he he immediately left. Well, <laughs> like, did he immediately leave? He, he like right uh, that's why that's why I put my hands up. I know the, the the listeners can't see my hands, but he he literally goes back to his bench, daps him up, gives them all the hugs and stuff like that, like, what and the he hell starts is going on? chanting. On, he loves being the villain. Like I don't yeah. know why people don't realize. Like Draymond feeds off of being the villain. Like this guy takes no shots. And he is the glue of the Warriors. Like, yeah. think about that. He yeah. takes no shots. An undersized center, by the, the under- way, and, and, and he plays every – his pick and roll, his rebounding, his aggression. Like, he sets the tone for the team all the time. He's that bruiser of the team. Like, he literally comes in and says, yeah, this is what we're going to do. This is what's going to happen, and that's it, right? The Warriors won, and they barely won that game. They they won. They should have lost the game because Clay missed two key free throws in the fourth quarter. Yeah. That would have put them up by one. He missed both of them. And then Ja had a chance to come down. And as he normally does is lay with the left hand and they defended him and stopped him. Clay got super amped. And I understand why he got amped is because he realized that if Ja would have made that shot, the game would have been lost he because of him. Game. Yeah, he blew the so game. The, but then to have a defensive stop, which is a guy coming back from Achilles injury or ACL, um, and coming back and having that huge stop in the playoffs, it's crazy. But let, let, me just, let me just give you something real quick, okay? Who do you think scored the most points in that on the Warriors team that game? Well, I th- I'm going to say Jordan Poole. And you're right, because he scored yeah. 31 damn points in that game. Yeah. And had nine assists, the most assists on the team. Man, he's been – we haven't talked about him at all, but I know we've been paying attention. Uh, this is, you know, a breakout amongst breakout. Like, he's he looks great. I'm just, and he's definitely stepped it up. I mean, to, to, have to, to have to guard him and Clay, and, you know, Clay's definitely not – vintage clay but he's still one of the best shooters of all time and then you have the best shooter of all time by the way i've been saying this for a little bit now don't be surprised if the warriors trade clay because they have jordan Poole now do not be surprised if they do that i know it pissed steph off i know it pissed draymond off it pissed a lot of people off i'm sure it, it, it would it would but they have to also think for the future and if they can get something for clay now I'd do it because you have a guy in Jordan Poole that is going to completely continue to ball. Like they set up the future for them. You also have to think about this team. 
the core of this team has been together for 10 years. Yeah, it's wild. 10 years. Won three rings. 10 years. To even think that Juan Toscano is sitting on the bench and didn't even play, their depth of their bench is crazy. People aren't talking that much about Gary Payton Jr. or his second, right? He's balling his ass off, too. Like they, they have so much. Kaminga, Jonathan yeah. Kaminga coming in. Like yep. they, they have a lot of young talent. And that was because Wiseman. of, yes. Well, I mean, he's, well, he yeah. probably would be in that trade if I, if I said it because he's injured too much already. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I agree. But you probably should, you probably, you'd have to get rid of Clay's contract too. That's what, that's where I'm going yeah. with that. So don't be surprised if that happens in the near future. And then I'll say I called it. I but, play a lot of 2K. That cap hits real, man. It's like 40 million. It's, it, it does. But <laughs> you have to think about how bad the Warriors were in yeah. these past couple of years and the pieces that they got. And I don't think it's spoken about enough of what they have done in the front office to bring in these solid young players and coach them up and have them be integral pieces to this team. But they can also be starters other places. Jordan Poole was on another team right now. He'd be, he would have been an all-star this season. Yeah. Easily. And they're right? getting big minutes, man. Yes. Yes. But I also think this series might go seven. <laughs> so, I, I kinda, I, just like I the same. Yeah. The uh, same vein as the Celtics bucks. I hope it does. Cause it's mm-hmm. been, and I, I loved the, you know, I, I kind of shit all over the uh, Timberwolves grizzly series with the, the Timberwolves with the playing game and stuff on it. That they were a lot of fun to watch. They were, and that was that you know that series was ugly for both teams. Like it was, it was like they're forcing the other team to win the game. You know, it's like here I'm gonna screw up, you win. Um, but yeah, this is this is fun. You know, we both are standing on the mountain cheering for Jaw too. So that's my guy. Um, and uh, just just this team is it's a lot of fun to watch. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping this. I I like the Warriors. Oh yeah, um, I, I do just, too. Yeah, but I I think it's it's a lot of fun. They're gonna give them. They're a really athletic team. These Grizzlies and they're really fast, and they're gonna cause some problems for whoever they're facing, especially a team like you know, like Golden State. Well, I think the set up the Grizz right now are basically sharpening their knives for next year and going forward. Yeah, it's right. they're money. not they're not it's looking at it like that, right? They're they're looking at it and trying to win now, right? And they they have some beef with somebody on the Warriors. His name is Andre Iguodala, uh, because he left them and said that you know he wasn't going to be a part of a rebuild and all this other stuff. And look at where they're at playing his team right now with a chance to move forward. Um, the the person the two people that need to step up on the Grizz uh, in order for this to to really get to Game Seven and for them to actually have a chance to win is Dylan Brooks. And Desmond Bain. Those are the two players on this team that need to absolutely step up. Desmond Bain had nine points and Dylan Brooke had eight. And they normally produce way more. Ja dropped 34 and he had a double-double, 10 assists. And then you had Jaron Jackson who had 30, 33 points and 10 rebounds. So he had a double-double. So they did their part. But Desmond Bain and, Desmond Bain and then also Dylan Brooks, they both need to step up. Uh, so we'll see if that actually happens. But I'm going to tell you right now, this is that's probably going to be the best series, the most exciting series uh, that we have right now. Uh, and the last uh, or so you have the Warriors, too, just like I do. Um, and the last one is the Suns, our Mavs Suns uh, the game came on two days ago for you guys. But yesterday for us, uh, 
Suns won. Devin Booker made his return, uh, did his damn thing, but so did Mr. Luka Doncic, uh, who dropped 45 points and had 12 rebounds. Um, let me say that again. 45 points and 12 rebounds. He absolutely balled out of his mind. But when you're going against a team that has Malik Bridges dropping 13, Jay Crowder dropping 11, DeAndre Ayton dropping 25, Devin Booker dropping 23, Chris Paul dropping 19, Cam Johnson dropping 17. It's going to be really, really hard to beat a team like that collectively. And the game was close at one point. Uh, and then it took off. I don't know if you saw the highlight of JaVel McGee getting some cookies on, on Luca. He actually picked his pocket and then drove all the way down court <laughs> and dunked it. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that's how the series is going to continue to go, but that was interesting in itself. But I think, I think the Mavs are really, really building something special there. But the Suns are just too damn good. Yeah, they're a team. They're just too they're damn a team, good. Man. Yes, yes, and they're they've been the best team, and they might be from wire to wire. And they they have been up to this point, and having Devin Booker back is absolutely huge. I mean, he also added nine rebounds and eight assists uh, in returning after having that injury. Uh, it's it's the Suns for me. <laughs> it's just, yeah. it's, it's, I'll sum it up with that. But Luka I know it's is like still shock, Luka. but yeah, I'm yeah, definitely. I agree with you, man. Uh, hey, listen. So, so we got that going. So we'll pick uh, who we have going for the next round. Uh, going from there. Now, Sam, I know we we have something. Uh, we have. Do you care that you put on there? But there's something that we didn't put on there, and that's on me. But I'm going to put it, and I put it on now. It's UFC 274. If you want to watch a card that is probably going to be one of the best cards in 2022, I suggest you go to Buffalo Wild Wings near you. Go to a friend's house. Uh, you guys split the bill. Hey, if you got the money, you buy it yourself. But there is no way that you should miss this card because the last three fights on this card are going to be absolutely amazing. And I'm... I'm just going to say the five cards, the five fights on the main card are going to be absolutely nuts. Donald Cowboy Cerrone is going to fight Joe Lauzon. I forgot how you pronounce his last name, but they are going to absolutely brawl. I don't think Cowboy is going to win, but I love watching Cowboy fights because he literally just brawls every single fight. And it's always going to be that. Um, Rua is going to probably win his fight, but actually, yeah, Rua's, Rua is going to probably win his fight. Uh, no, actually, I don't think he's going to. St. Uh, Saint Pru is going to probably win that. Rua is a little bit older, so we'll see. But these last three fights, Michael Chandler fighting Tony Ferguson is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you got a weak stomach or not, but you probably shouldn't watch it if that's the case. Uh, but that is going to be a crazy fight. The co-main event is Rose Montaunas against uh, Carla Esperanza. That is for the strawweight title. Rose is the champion. Uh, that is going to be fun. I think Rose is going to pull it out, but it's going to be an interesting brawl. But the main event, Sam, Charles Oliveira, who's the champ, who is 
scary. He kind of reminds me of Anderson Silva and looks like he just is not going to lose anytime soon. Uh, has Justin Gaethje fighting him. And that is a brawler. <laughs> that is going to also probably be another bloodbath. Um, and I can't wait to see this whole card. So it's it's Saturday, this Saturday, 10 p.m., ESPN Plus. I think it's like $90. Uh, I would suggest you guys watch this fight, this whole card, because it's going to be absolutely wild. And as Sam would like to call this, this has been the UFC corner from me. <laughs> I like it. I'm going to watch. Come over. We'll, you should. Uh, we'll watch it or something. Oh, okay. Game game on. Game on. Game on. I got uh, you, my, my buddy Mike, will kill me if I don't watch this fight. <laughs> it's it's going to be that good, man. Really going to be that that good. Um, yeah, Sam, let's get to our uh, our segment that we always use to, to close this out. What we got, yeah, man? man? Hey, let's uh, play. Do you care? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, just just came up today. I uh, my jaw dropped when I read this report. I don't know where it came from, Woj or Shams or somewhere. I don't know where it came from, but Phil Jackson is advising his ex girlfriend, <laughs> Jeannie Buss, and the Lakers uh, for their new head coaching sh- search. Uh, do you care, Brandon? When you think of the Lake Show, you think of entertainment, right? And you think of celebrities that are on the the sideline or the court baseline. Uh, That's when you think of the Lake Show when it comes to entertainment. But this is entertaining as hell. (laughs) Because, as you mentioned, Jeannie Buss's ex. And we know what Phil did when he was with the Knicks as the GM or whatever the hell he was sitting in that chair. Uh, But the fact that they are consulting with Phil Jackson to choose the Lakers next head coach, this Lakers front office is in shambles. And it's, I care because when the Lakers are relevant, which they have been for most of our lives, uh, when they are relevant, it makes the NBA great. Just like when New York teams are relevant in basketball, it makes the NBA great too. Um, but what they're doing in the front office is, is, it's making me cringe. So I do care because I hope they get the right choice for a head coach and they do the right thing. I know they said Phil Jackson is advising, but I'm going to also be honest here. Uh, LeBron's going to have the final say on that one. So, hope so. <laughs> so uh, we'll see what happens with that one. Do, do you care, Sam? I don't care. Phil Jackson, <laughs> I know it doesn't take much to ruin the Knicks, but bad coach after bad coach forcing the triangle down their throats and signing guys like Joe Kim Doa. Yeah. Good, good luck Lakers. Um, just ridiculous situation. I don't, yeah. you know, don't know really who's in charge there at all. Is it the bus family? Is it Palenka? Is it uh, magic? Is it LeBron like clutch sports? I have no idea what's going on there. I don't care at all. Uh, yeah, I don't care at all. Hey, uh, Cardinals wideout DeAndre Hopkins Monday tested positive for PEDs and will be suspended the first six games of the 2022 season. Hopkins ended up withdrawing his appeal. He will not appeal and will serve the six game suspension. Pace, do you care? I do because Nuke is one of my favorite players. Uh, he leads the league and receiving yards and I think catches. 
uh, out of active players. Uh, Nuke is just, when he's on the field, he is a difference maker. And the fact that we didn't get him, get to see him, ironically, the last six games of last season, uh, to have him now miss six games to start this season off, which makes sense why they went and got Hollywood, because they knew it was coming down the pipe. Uh, yeah. He he appealed and then took his appeal back. I think he knew that there was going to be no way around it, so he didn't even waste time. Uh, so not having him six games of the season, which is a 17-game season, correct, now, right? Um, that's huge. Uh, that's, that's potential seeding, and the Cardinals need every ounce of offense uh, to get to where they were. I mean, if you remember last year, they looked like world beaters when they started off the season. And then you saw what happened in the second half of the season, how they tailed off and were basically nothing. Um, losing close games. Gave up leagues. in the playoffs. Yep, yep. Uh, then you got a diva in Kyler Murray, but you don't know what he's doing, which is it's so crazy to me. It's like, what is this, his second or third year in the league? Third year? Third year, yeah. And you're out here acting as if you are Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers has a ring and has one of the greatest arms we've ever seen in football. As much as I can't stand him, I will give that man his credit where his credit is due. Kyler, you have to put in work, and you haven't quite yet. Uh, you guys made a leap so far, but in your first two seasons, it, it, it I mean, last season it looked okay, but your first season, it was nothing, right? Um, you showed flashes and we'll see, like you will see where you're at. And apparently he's not going to play this season until he gets a contract. But I think the Cardinals just have a lot of drama going on. And it's just, I do care because I do want to see Nuke on the field. How about, how about you, man? Um, yeah, I, he's one of the special talents in, in football. Um, it's interesting that like, you just don't, you know, NFL suspensions don't matter. Like, you know, in other sports would, um, you can't, you can't beat these appeals. So I think he quickly realized that and withdrew. Um, yeah, I care. You know, I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to get fired. (laughs) Hot take early hot take. Um, Mm. they start so strong and they just fizzle up and dissolve. And Kyler just at the end of that, they played the Rams right in the playoffs, a wild card game. Mm Mm-hmm. And just sitting there, like looking dejected, they were down. He did not play well. They're just looking down. It's like he just, I like the guy and I like the talent. And I, I just, I don't know, man. He's got a lot of growing up to do, it seems he like. Does. And I like him, like everything he says off the field, like he's a really like smart guy and he he's very thoughtful and and all of that. But I just, yeah, it's just you, you haven't earned anything, kid. Like you want a Heisman, that's great. You were the first pick in the draft, that's great. Like you are set for life, but your football legacy is not. And no. you know, you can go you're not gonna go play baseball tomorrow. It's gonna take you years to make the majors if you'd even if a team would even give you a shot. Like mm-hmm. it's this is your career, and it's just interesting how like you know the whole NBA player movement thing has player empowerment thing has kind of drifted into the NFL, but you know, it's just interesting to me. I'm not quite sure why Kyler is doing this. I, I I've been trying to figure it out. I wish he would just shut up and play because when he's quiet, like, you know, and I'm, I hate telling or saying to a grown men, just shut up and play. And cause, cause I know 
how people have used that in a negative way. Right. Sure. Right. Uh, but, but in certain instances, sometimes you just need like somebody, a friend to come over and be like, Hey, Hey bro, shut the hell up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just, just do what you got to do and just continue. Like they're going to pay you just put in the work. Like, I don't, I don't know where I've always in sports myself. And again, I've never been on that level. Right. But I've always in sports, I've always busted my, my ass, Sam playing whatever, or anything that I really do. And I know what I'm worth, but I'm going to show you what I'm worth. I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to show you it. Right. And then you're going to have no way to deny me. And if you do, then that's a mistake on you. I'll take my talents elsewhere because clearly you don't value me. Right. But that's the opportunity you have is you show, you go out and show, you put in the work they'll give you the contract. And if they don't, some other team's going to overpay for you or pay you what you want to get paid because you put in that work, but you have to put in that work because nobody's going to pay you if you're not doing it. Like it just is that simple. So I just, I just wish because he's a young talent, I wish you kind of would just, just hush, move forward, grind it out, get that, get that check. And we'll see what you do this, this year. Cause it's basically a show me year for you. What 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 can you do, right? Your size doesn't help you, so that's another reason you should keep keep a, on a hush hush. But that's just me, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and you know, kind of a linear thought. Like we didn't really get to talk about it. We I think we were off that week when Baker was making those comments about you know the media and stuff, and then like Kyrie going on with his Instagram rants about the sports media it's like dude you play a game for a living and people make it's people's jobs to cover you yep but you play a game you knew the rules you knew the rules when you were at duke Kyrie. you knew you know that you know industry you were getting in if if you want to change the game i get it like it might not be fair but it's not coming out of left field no it's like the same thing with Kyrie. it's like you play a game for a living it's just you know, at the end of the day, there's, you know, I know, I know it's sports. It means everything to us, but it's just like, get your head out of the sand and like, you know. Yeah. You're not, you're not uh, changing the world with sports. You're just giving us a break from the real world. You're not changing the world with sports. Uh, you can change it with the money that you make. Yes, that's for sure. Uh, but you're not, you're not a nurse. You're not a, you're not a cop. You're not a, a, a firefighter. You're not a teacher. Uh, you're not those things that actually really shape the world and the country that we live in, right? You're not that. But you can be with your influence, right? You can be with your money, right? But it's the superstardom is is a drug, and it's also a, a power that can be used for good. It can be used for evil or not just used correctly. Um, so. I think a lot of people don't realize that not saying those gentlemen that we spoke about don't, but uh, with their tone and some of their reactions recently, it's just like, what, what are you doing? Like, I don't, I don't know what, where you're going with this because you're sending mixed messages. Um, Yeah. More Baker and Kyrie. I don't know how it quite got there than Kyler, but it's just like, dude, like just put in perspective. Agreed. Agreed. Hey, uh, Last one. The Stanley Cup playoffs started Monday night. Do you care? I don't because I don't watch hockey. Um, I <laughs> used to watch it a little bit, uh, but I am happy that the Rangers are in it. Apparently, they're really good. So, um, the Rangers yes, playing the Penguins. Rangers. Yeah, go blue. 
Um, that's the only time I'll ever say that um, in this sport because I won't say it in football because that means I'm different in college and also NFL. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, I hope the Rangers win. I'd be nice to see them win. I would definitely go to the parade and support just to be out there and, and be amongst the people, but I, I could care less about the Stanley Cup. Yeah, um, I'm excited. I like playoff hockey. I, I didn't follow this Ranger team as closely, but they have a lot of great pieces. They made a lot of big trades at the trading deadline. And, um, I, you know, I'm hopeful that, you know, they can make a deep run into this playoffs for sure. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, that's our show. Thanks for joining us. Yes. This has been episode 55 of the Chasing Points podcast for May 4th. 2022 thank you for listening to us however you listen to us and uh make sure to follow us on instagram at chasing points podcast for brandon my name is sam thanks so much for listening until next week peace well mr sun sun mr golden sun please shine down on me i need this weather to change like asap and apparently is about to uh this week coming up uh, but that brings something that is probably one of the biggest nuisance in my life. Um, and I've already encountered them. Um, those would be gnats. Um, they're just, they're, they're gnats, they're naggy and, um, they fly in your eyes. They fly in your earlobe. Uh, it's just something that comes with this weather and it's something that, I don't know if I can handle anymore. Um, I wear a, a, a fishing net over my head when I walk my dog now. So I don't get attacked by these swarms of gnats. Um, I need help. Somebody please send help because I feel I'm going to get eaten alive. Uh, my blood must be too sweet. I don't know what it is. Somebody's got to tell me what I got to do to keep these gnats away. Um, so you can just, you know, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter or whatever the kids use nowadays. Uh, thank you. And, uh, bye Nats. <laughs>